Hello everyone, welcome to a special edition of the No Vision Internet Radio Show. This is programming, you know, before we go any further, just before I forget actually, we're going to have Mr. Uh, County Judge uh, Ricardo Saminego. I would call him Richard, but it's Ricardo Saminego. We're going to have him uh, March the 9th. And then, but today, today we're having, a, we're going to have a guest that really I've known for a while and I never thought she'd be on this end as a candidate on the show. You know, as people know, we've done mayors, we've done Congress people, now we have more important Ms. Marquez. And how are you doing, Ms. Marquez? I'm good, George. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. Like I said, I've known her for a bit, folks. And, and you know, one thing that that I've done and I've been proud of of, of advocacy for many years. And I've, you know, been through this and done that and whatever. And there's people I meet on the way, you know, like uh, uh, Mike Palamad and Josue Rodriguez and uh, Christy Lai and all that. But some people that kind of stick, like, you know what, they're really, they're really out there to help people. And Ms. Marquez is one of those. Um, and she's going to talk about her platform and her campaign. But I want people to understand that I rarely, and I'm, I've been asked, folks. Actually, I was asked recently to endorse a candidate, and I did. Uh, but it's rare that I'll do it on the show. So this is the first. Uh, uh, this is exclusive. I'm going to endorse Ms. Marquez for State of Education. <laughs> Texas State of Board of Education District Number 1. And so, by saying that, Ms. Marquez, can you just kind of inform people or update them about what actually a State Board of Education member does? Yeah, uh, definitely. And Thank you. You threw me off a little, George, because you say such kind things, and I want to. I want to respond. To oh, you it gets, it gets worse. Don't worry. I'm starting to nice at the beginning. Not really. <laughs> no, but um, but I, 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 first, I want to tell people what what the board does, and then I want people, to, you know, your background and whatnot. But I think this yeah. way, if we tell people what they what the board does in regards to the whole state. Because I thought I was. I'm not gonna lie to you, folks. I'm. I'm like, what do they do? You know, do they make that the cafeteria, the menu in the cafeteria? Not really. But the thing is, <laughs> so she's going to let you know, Ms. Marquez going to know why or why it's important to vote for this post. Look, at the end of the day, our goal here on the show, like I said, we've, we've had many of many, I've done this for many, many years, from Congress people to Escobar to Lisa to you name it. And we always tell you the same message. It's up to you how you want to vote. We give you the, the candidates and their platform. And, of course, like this one, like this particular um, I guess, uh, office, I really don't, I'm not too sure what they do. So can you kind of tell us what they do, ma'am? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, thank you, George, for having me. I, I really appreciate it. I, too, never thought that, that I would be one of your candidates that you would be in, um, interviewing. I know. <laughs> <That's>, uh, yeah. <laughs> But um, so hello, everybody. I mean, my name is Laura Marquez, and I am uh, running for State Board of Education um, in District 1. And I'm one of three uh, Democratic primary candidates running right now in this primary election. And um, so I'll tell you a little bit about myself. But again, um, like what George is saying, um, I share that passion with George about uh, community education and, and trying to get people to be, have as much awareness as possible about what our leaders do and then, and then trying to take the step further to make sure that we're holding our leaders accountable. And that's something that I believe as a voter um, and that's something that I hold with me as a candidate in office now. So the State Board of Education is a um, 15, 15 member uh, governing body. Uh, that is responsible for establishing the policies and and standards for our entire K-12 Texas public school system. And they are elected members. So our, for our State Board of Ed, they're, they're the highest elected body in, in our state. Um, our our uh, Texas Education Commissioner is an appointed role um, that currently is held by Mike Morath. He is, an, is appointed by the governor. And so this elected body of the State Board of Education is really where uh, we as citizens have the strongest voice in what goes on in our public school system. And so really quick, you know, some of the main responsibilities of the State Board of Ed, uh, one of the first things is they, they establish our curriculum. So they, they define 
the curriculum, they define what students learn um, in every grade and in every subject, um, starting from K to 12, as I mentioned. They also review um, any kind of proposed instructional materials. And then they, you know, of course, with input from stakeholders, they review those and they're responsible for selecting and, and identifying the materials that your children, my children are using in, in their school, in their schooling. They also manage the Texas Permanent School Fund. Uh, and the Texas Permanent School Fund is, is one of the main sources is, and the permanent source of funding that our state has established to fund our education system. So they, the board as a body, they oversee that. Um, they make board appointments to special um, school districts or, or military um, uh, reservations. And they, <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> they also give final review for the state board um, for educator certification. So for teachers, um, you know, a, a lot of professions have a governing body, a licensing body. And so for, the, for teachers, it's the state board for educator certification. And so the, the state board of ed is responsible for reviewing any kind of rule changes or different, um, different things regarding the, the state board for educator certification. And then one of the final things that the state board of ed is responsible for is to review uh, new charter school applications. And that's an important thing right now in the discussion. Not only can they are they responsible for reviewing, but they also have the authority to veto any charter school applications. Um, and we can uh, dive into that more um, probably as we have this conversation and, and I talk about my platform. But one of the reasons why um, State Board of Education is so important is because the decisions that, that they're making really are, are impacting our students daily, students and teachers daily in the classroom. This is a, our, a, a student's life from Monday through Friday. And so these decisions are very important. Um, and, and we all know how important education is and having access to education and access to equitable education. So these decisions that are made on the board have a lot of ramifications for our students and our teachers and the rest of our education community as, as a whole. What's the, um, the term links of the, when you forget elected? So uh, this, the, the role that I'm seeking and the election that I'm seeking will be a four-year term and, and it would start with um, in 2022, or sorry, sorry, 2023. So the, oh, the, getting through this primary, um, if that were to happen, then whoever wins the Democratic uh, primary candidacy will then advance to the general election in November, and then the new role will will take place after that. Oh, okay. Now, let me. So, you know, you named the, all the tasks or the the, the responsibilities of the, of the board. What made you now? I'm, I know why, but what made you so the the voters would know? You're talking to the voters now. What what made you run or seek this office? Because you know you're going to walk into some heated discussions and pressure and whatnot. So what what made you, Ms. Marcus, to say you know what I'm going to step into this pot of oil boiling <laughs> grease? What what, what 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 was it? Was it like a singular thing? Was it a multitude of things that made you say you know what enough is enough? So what was that? Why are you running for this board or this uh, position? There's a lot, um, and I think about this a lot, and I and you will be familiar with what I'm about to say, George. But um, I, in in just my life period, and you know, in the profession that I went into, I have always been very passionate about um, education. You know, I've always been on on the around surrounding education, trying to create access and. And I know in my personal beliefs that education is very important, not only because I'm a mom of three public school students, um, I get the honor to work with families who are trying to access public education for their child who has a disability. Um, <clears throat> but there's one very important quote <laughs> from a very good friend of mine, and you might recognize this quote, George, is um, a friend that, that I met in this journey and he says, no participation, no progress. 
I have that trademark, by the way. You owe me five That is your words. <laughs> that is, those are the words that I heard from, from you in this journey of, of being a community advocate. And, and when you, you know, when you say it, I, you know, I, be, I believe, I mm. believed that since the beginning. I think, um, there's a lot you, of things. You know why I'm glad you said that? And then you just kind of harp on that. The reason why it's so important in this back is because you've been involved very much and, and folks, I'm, she's just going back. Made, you know, a while, but what makes it important is that people that get that participate, there is progress. When I say no, no participation, no progress, it's because if we don't participate, whatever it is, in life, marriage, in this or that, that's why I say the pursuit of happiness, you're not going to progress. And what I mean by that is, for example, I'll give you a perfect example, a little bit off topic here, but Two years ago, when the pandemic started, there were a lot of gaps in services for individuals with disabilities, going from vaccination to testing and vice versa. And accessing, accessing those information and services was critical. And there was no action. So we came together. When I say we, me, Ms. Marquez, Jose Lara, I mean, uh, Jose Rodriguez, Diana Salano, Kim, Kimberly Gallego. I always say her last name wrong. I yeah. that. I'm sorry, Mike Palamad. Uh, we all came together and pushed this this agenda of having equal access to the city, the state, and the county. Now, folks, it was many hours, right, Ms. Marquez? Sitting down in meetings, talking to people, but you had to participate to progress. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you said that because that's one thing I always try to push people to to do. People, especially with disabilities, we need to step up and make our voices be heard, and that's why it's important. That what Ms. Marquez said, you notice all those, those little um, talking points. Those are important things that impact us, no matter what. Okay, it could be parents, it could be grandparents, because sometimes Awalita has to take care of the kids, you know? And that's why it's important that you, if you feel that Ms. Marquez is the vote for you, which I say I endorse, do it. Don't just sit at home and, no, por qué? No, no. Do you hear that a lot, Ms. Marquez? Do you hear people say that? Like, you know, what for? You know, nothing's going to change. Or por qué? But I think what you're doing, Ms. Monica, is stepping into that realm and saying, you know what, well, I want to do this. That's a rare, that's a rare, a rare person to do that. You know what I mean? Because not many people want to participate. <laughs> well, look at our voters, our voter turnout, you know. But I'm, I didn't want to interrupt you. I'm sorry, Ms. Monica, but you brought up a good point yeah. about participation. Um, and before I forget, I, I think I, I didn't allow you to do this. Uh, Ms. Marquez, no, this is what I mean, folks. I forgot. Okay, I'm visually impaired. I forget. She said, George, can I introduce myself, what I'm wearing, how I look? And I'm like, wow, you know what? Coming from a blind man, you think I would know that by now? <laughs> but Ms. Marcus told me that. So I'll let you do that, Ms. Marcus. I should have done that at the very beginning. Go ahead, ma'am. Sorry. It's all right. We're, we're comfy in a friendly conversation. Um, you know, I learned a lot, and I, I, I still have a lot to learn. But I have learned a lot about being accessible and being inclusive through what George has taught me. And because he is a friend in my life and it's important to me to try to be, um, you know, just as inclusive as possible. And I mess up, you know, I mess up all the time, but it's about being able to be corrected and learn. You know, we're all students. We're all always learning. So, yes, I did, you know, um, one of the, the things about having a commitment to, to try to be as accessible as possible, and, and I learned this from George, is to give an image description of yourself. And I think we saw this a lot in this during the pandemic. I saw it a lot in a lot of the meetings. Um, you know, some meetings where there was there was more, I, I guess I would say, aware people, you know, we would do um, image descriptions. So I'll, for real quick, I'll do my image description. Um, for anybody that would benefit. Um, so I'm a Latina with uh, short brown hair. It's kind of shoulder length. And I'm wearing uh, green, light green glasses. And I'm wearing a light or uh, dark green half zip hoodie, hoodie. And my, I have a virtual background behind me, which has my, my campaign logo. And uh, my campaign logo says Laura Marquez for State Board of Education, District 1. And, and incorporated in my campaign logo um, is an, like a, a graphic that is supposed to look like an open book um, under my name. 
and that was important to me um not only because you know books are are a symbol of of education um but i think you know it was it was kind of symbolic to have the the my name coming out of this book is like trying to kind of promote you know this kind of knowledge so and and the background is like a light peachy orange but yes, that's my image description. <laughs> and, and mine, folks, you can't see me Miss Marcus is on the screen, but uh, just imagine uh, um, Brad Pitt with black hair. Not really. <laughs> but, but the thing is, people, I think what it is, Miss Marcus, when it comes to public education, is that folks take it for granted. What I mean by that is, you, you have to understand, from kindergarten all the way to graduation, these Kids, these individuals, these future generations are being provided information that builds their foundation, that builds like you, like me and you. We went to school, we went to, we've learned all this stuff. Now from there we spawn into other stuff like me. And I love history. I'm a huge history um, fan. And like you, Miss Marquez, you know what you've done. And because, by the way, I haven't asked you your, your, for your background. I know you're a social worker and whatnot, but tell people what. Why you, Ms. Marquez, are a good candidate for this board, and I think you are for your, from your background. Uh, I have, I have a couple of things that I think are in my background that make me kind of a a, a well-rounded candidate. I would say um, I I worked for seven years as a paraprofessional in the public education system, and I was a paraprofessional in a classroom working with students with disabilities. So I provided their special education and support services um, day in and day out to these students. So I was trained on their programming. I I delivered, you know, whatever services that were um, outlined in in their individual education uh, program plan, and and that's why I was that's why I came into this world. I guess you would say uh, the world of of disability, you know, and being aware and and trying to do better and and after that work um i went back to school you know i did that work for a while and i had kids and i raised my family um but then i had the opportunity to go back to school and i decided that i wanted to go back to school for social work because i wanted to still work with kids still help kids but do it um in a way that i could advocate for students that i saw or that I observed that weren't always getting the same access to education as other students. And I saw it, you know, as somebody who worked in the school, um, the difference between students with disabilities and students with severe disabilities, and, and then the students with disabilities who spoke Spanish or their families spoke Spanish. There was a lot of, there was a lot of inequity that I, that I observed for that time working in school. And so it was my motivation to go back to finish my own education and um, pursue social work. So I uh, got my bachelor's of social work in 2018. And then I went on to get my master's of social work in 2019 um, here at UTEP. So University of Texas at El Paso. I'm very proud to be not only a product of public um, K-12 schools, you know, I went to Isla schools and I uh, graduated from Eastwood High School. And then I went on to public community college. Uh, I was a student at EPCC and I have an associate's degree from EPCC, which I think is a really great opportunity for uh, students in our community to get a good foundation in their education. And that was right for me. Um, and then I have my degree from a, an amazing public university. And so everything about me and, and what I have lived in my life is, is public education. And, and I'm. Let me, let me tell you this, Ms. Buck, and, and I'm glad you mentioned what you've been talking about. And I want people to understand it. Coming from a person that's grown with a, grown up with a disability, being in the in the public school system, for me, it's, it's very crucial to have someone your voice on the education, the Texas uh, State Education Board. The reason why is because you understand or you've seen it when it comes to the gaps. What I mean by that, folks, is you got to understand. Someone with a disability or a student, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to put you on the spot, Ms. Marquez, I don't like special needs. For some reason, I just don't like that. Because my thought on that 
is when do you transition from special needs to an adult? I'm 40, 50 years old. I don't have special needs. I have needs. Yeah. Pizza, br- br- dog, uh, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. <laughs> but the point is, growing up, folks, you have to understand that a kid, a kiddo with a disability, doesn't matter if they're hard of hearing, if they have um, dyslexia, if they're blind, if they have autism and they're on the spectrum, they have bar- daily barriers to go with. Then you add them, introduce them to a school system that I've heard of, and you probably have too, Ms. Marcus, of all the gaps. You know, they're not, doing, they're not doing this for my kid. They're not doing that for my kid. So what does the kid do? That doesn't build that foundation for them to be a, a, a productive adult. So what they do is stay home, and I'm not going to school. I'm going to quit. What for? They don't care about me. So I think having someone like you, Ms. Marcus, on that board is crucial because you could bring the idea or you could you bring up a different perspective that's not the everyday conversation when it comes to students with disabilities that want to be part of the school criterion or um, curriculum and not feel like, oh, I'm special. Because, folks, now I'm going to tell you this, and people, I'm going to get a lot of backlash. <laughs> we are not supposed to be special. And I, the reason I tell you this is because a lot of people call me because, you know, my advocacy, oh, the ADA, the ADA, the ADA. Folks, the ADA is meant to be part of an equal, or a, for you to get equal access. That's it. Just because I'm blind, I don't get special, special treatment. I should not. And kids with disabilities, when I say special needs, is that they need their specific needs dealt with. Because, for example, I'm blind. So my needs are not going to be the same as a student next to me that's blind. It's not a cookie-cutter position. Or, you know, oh, it works for George? It's going to work for, for John. No. And that's why I think with you, Ms. Marquez, having the education that you have and the experience working you know, with people or kids with disabilities and, and people, I think that helps. It helps you be more of a open-minded when it comes to... Because I'm going to tell you this, Ms. Marquez. I've spoken to a lot of People that are quote unquote educators or on school boards, uh, and they don't get it. They don't get, it. and they're on actual school boards, okay? Like we have Pablo Barada, Barada from SISD. He gets it. We talk a lot. Uh, Freddie Cleo, I don't know. He, he kind of disappeared. I don't know what happened to him. But the thing is, that's what we want. People, we want people on these boards, especially the state board, to come from where we come from. Like Miss Marca says, she's from El Paso. Even though she went to Eastwood, I'm not going to hold that against her. <laughs> but that's all right. But let me, before going on a tangent here, Ms. Um, Marquez, for you, what are the top priorities that, think, that you feel that need to be addressed as of now or haven't been addressed and you feel that, you know what, I think it's time for this to be um, talked about at the state level. What, what can you bring to the table? The, some of the things that I really want to bring from my perspective, um, for sure, at at the forefront of all of it is is like you said, like keeping disability in the conversation, keeping students with disabilities in the conversation. And I really feel like, in even in my work that I do on on a daily basis, um, you know, I, I work at an agency that provides. Um, services to, to children with disabilities and their families. Um, but I'm in, you know, in any given day, I'm in a meeting or a work group with other with other groups. And, and even then, you know, disability isn't always part of the conversation. And so that is something that's really important to me. Um, if I get the opportunity to serve on the board is, is make sure that, you know, disability and students with disabilities um, it's part of the conversation and that, um, you know, that students with disabilities have a voice. Um, it, that is very important to me and, and working with every voice, you know, like our education system, it's, it's, um, it's an ecosystem, you know, we talk about, and that's, that's a model that, that, you know, we, I've learned in, in my schooling and it applies to education. And there's, there's so much that's part of an education system, students, uh, teachers, uh, other education professionals working in the schools, parents, community members, you know, so we all have a, a role to play 
in education. And so it's really important to always try to have those voices present. And, and in that respect, some of the things that I hope to continue from, you know, our, our current state board of education rep, which is Georgina Perez, like she has been, uh, uh, you know, she has served in, in really great ways and has really done a lot to partner with the community. And there's things that I want to continue. And then there's, there's things that are my own flair that I want to bring. And so um, definitely one of the first things is kind of pushing back against this agenda that we see um, to privatize our school system. And, and so we see that with, with things like charter schools popping up, and this is where I come from this perspective working in, with, you know, in special education advocacy. Um, charter schools, they have, they have a bad rap they do because they've done you know just to put it simply there's been some shady things that have happened with charter schools and a lot of that is because there's very little accountability there's very different standards charter schools are considered public schools so they get they get taxpayer money but they don't have to follow a lot of the same kind of accountability that that our local public schools do and in, in the respect of special education, you know, I've heard families that have gone to some of these, you know, charter schools and they've been told, oh, we don't have to follow the, the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act. We don't have to provide special education services, um, which is false, they, they should. But the thing that we see with charter schools is that they pick and choose their students. And so when they, they start touting um, things like 100% graduation rates and, uh, you know, high performance, you know, that's great for the students that are there, but what about the students that didn't get to be at the table, right? Didn't get to be a part of those schools. And so with charter schools, it's created a, a system, you know, a branch system where, where it's, it's unequal. And you'll, you'll f be familiar with this because this was one of the things George, with you know, with like Section 504 and and with the 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 passing of the Individuals with Disabilities Act, which is separate separate, you know, our our government wanted to keep people with disabilities separate, um, but not equal, you know, and no. that's what is kind of happening with charter schools. It's re it's created a separate and very unequal system, and and it's become unequal for for the most marginalized. And I feel like students with disabilities, and then when you factor in students with disabilities who are African-American or Latinx or, or, or they're langu English language learners, all of those intersecting identities that students with disabilities have, um, they have experienced some of the most marginalization in, in our school system. And so it's kind of continuing with, with charter schools. So I definitely, that's one of my main things is to keep that at the forefront and keep light on that hold charter schools accountable and and make sure that that we're really doing right by our kids and our families because at the end of the day they just need access to an equitable education exactly um, and that and that's i think that's what's, what's crucial nowadays especially now that's the technology because i'm older than you but back in the day we didn't have internet we didn't have this we didn't have that but now it's a lot different where the the kids I remember back in the day, well, it was, shoot, it was, I could still see, so it must have been 2005, 2006, and my cousin, she was at, she was in fourth grade, fifth grade, and she's like, um, hey, help me with my math. I looked at her, I'm like, well, what is she taking, physics? What the heck is this? And she was in fourth grade. And I'm like, wow, that's really, you know, that's really progressed from when I was younger, going to school. And, but then, then you're there. Go and folks. It's, it's not everything's about disabilities, but you have to understand that a child, a, a kiddo that has a disability, they have. They're not. Sometimes they don't have the confidence. Then, like when I was younger, you separate us. You put them in separate rooms, and people walk by, and look in the window. We like, I felt like I was in the zoo. I'm serious. People walk by and look at me like, looking like, ooh, look at him, the big old monkey. 
And the thing is, for me, I, I saw that. I felt it, and I'm looking at him like, why are they looking in, making faces? Why are they doing that? As you know, kids are, are, are mean as it is. Yeah. So now when you put the education platform into it, now that you have technology, it makes it, it should be, it should make it easier for all kids to, to learn at an equal level. But that's not true sometimes, unfortunately, in 2022. But I hope with you yeah. coming on board, hope you get elected. Oh, oh, when's the general election or the primaries for this race or the, for this March what? So right now we're in, we're in the middle of early voting. So the, we're in the first week of early voting. It started on February 14th. And it'll run till February 25th. And then election day is March 1st, Tuesday, March 1st. Um, so, okay, it's March 1st. The, the and in El Paso, mm. in El Paso, this is something great. And I, I applaud our, um, our, our county elections office and, and Lisa Weiss, who has done really, um, she's done a lot, I think, to try to make voting really accessible. In El Paso, you can, for early voting, you can vote in any, any early voting place. And actually for election day, you can vote anywhere. And it used yes. to be where you had to go to your precinct and, and especially on election day, but now you can vote anywhere. And it's, it's so, there's Bassett Center. Go to Bassett. Yeah, <laughs> go to yeah. the mall, go shopping, and go vote. Please. And if you, really if you know, any, yeah, if you know anybody has a mobility impediment and they can't get to the voting site, for example, the, like my mom, when she would rest her. So when we would take her, she would stay in the car. And then we go tell them, you know what? She wants to vote. They'll come to curbside voting. And then um, people that are visually impaired, every voting site should have a accessible machine that talks, or voting machine, I guess I should call it, that talks. And the thing is, there's so that's what I'm saying about technology, is now is making it easier for us to be equal when it comes to, you know, like myself, who's visually impaired or blind. But that doesn't matter if you don't vote. All this discussion that we've been doing, Ms. Marquez, doesn't matter if, no one, if you don't go out there and vote. And that's why it's crucial, folks. We complain about this, about that, or school, or this, or, but yet, no participation, no progress. Simple as that. Go out there and vote. And those, like you said, Ms. Marquez, you go anywhere you want right now and vote, even with general election. I know right now there's, what, three, two, I think two places near where we live where I can go vote. And I think it's go out. Oh, by the way, Ms. Marquez, if someone wants to donate, can they do that to your campaign? Yes, um, absolutely. <laughs> I... Um so my campaign is very grassroots <laughs> and I definitely would uh, appreciate any, any uh, contributions, you know, and that's one of the things, you know, it's, it's not easy to run a campaign. And I think that that's un unfortunate because there's a lot of people that I know that can and should be in office. And it's unfortunate that, you know, it's such an expensive endeavor and expensive process that it becomes a barrier for a lot of people yeah. to be able to run for office and hold office. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think one of the best ways is to um, visit my, I have a website. It's, it's a real simple website, but um, it's, it's Laura, L-A-U-R-A for F-O-R-T-X and the word education.com. And really if you find me on Facebook, too. Facebook is where I'm trying to put a lot of information. I try to put some information about the SBOE um, and you'll find information about who has endorsed me. And um, there's also a link there to go to my uh, donation page. Um, and really just, you know, vote. Voting is really important. Uh, it's something that is you know, and I'm not I'm not going to sugarcoat that our state has done some things to make voting very difficult. And our state has done some things to make participation very difficult. Mm -hmm. And I don't blame the people that say, well, what is the point? You know, I I I feel bad for somebody who has gotten to that point, you know, because our state has made it really hard to participate. Um, but really, you know, if, if you can, and it's really important, take your family, go, you know, I always try to make it a family event. You know, I love to take my kids with me to vote because I've always, I want them to, to be there and, and, and have their mom voting and, and to be a part of that is really important. 
Um, we all voted as a family on, on the first day of early voting. Um, and so that's something that's really, uh, I take pride in that. And I, it, it's, I make it a family affair. You know, if I don't go with my kids, I, or my mom or my husband, um, you know, th those are the people that I, I like to go and kind of exercise this right that we have. Yeah. Um, and I'd like to give you props there, Ms. Marks, about, uh, this has been a thing of mine for many, many moves of letting politicians understand the importance of making their media posts, their papered materials, po everything accessible for those who are visually impaired or blind and those who have a reading uh, dip uh, uh, issue or disability. And I applaud you. You've, you've, you've done a lot in regards to uh, uh, image descriptions on your posts. I have to, I have to applaud you on that. Um, it's not one of those, well, okay, I do it for a week and then I go back to normal. You've been consistent. I, pr I appreciate that because in the long run, what that does, that allows people, like, for example, when Mr. Uh, Samuel won his, the, the, the race last time, it was like literally like 20, less than 30 people, if I'm not mistaken, or 300 people, I'm sorry. And what I'm trying to say is every vote counts. So when you include, I'm talking to the politicians that watch this, include us. We're going to vote. Trust me. I want to tell my friends, you know what? Check out Ms. Marquez. Look at her post. That alone would trigger some people to vote for her. But since I know her, that's, that's beside the point. But what <laughs> I'm saying is, you're going to say, oh, it's like going to somewhere where like, oh, wow, that was a nice restaurant. I'm going to tell my friends. Same thing here. Ms. Marquez, she makes her post accessible. You know what? I'm going to look into her. How is she really? And that's what I mean. Inclusion, like by a good friend of ours. Uh, did you know Mr. Lada? I didn't ever mm. have the opportunity to mm. meet him, no. But I know, I knew of his work. Sure. And he was on Hazard saying, uh, uh, I want to mess it up. Inclusion is the solution. You know, he would always say that. We would do our protests and we'd be blocking doorways. I've been there, I've done that. But the point is, <laughs> you know, Ms. Mark, I appreciate you doing that because that really helps make that your campaign exclusive. Uh, and also, folks, she didn't want me to tell this on, on air, but uh, in regards to donations, she also takes food stamps, okay? So just to let you know that. <laughs> just kidding. Um, so before we go... Me trouble. <laughs> right? A scandal. <laughs> no, <laughs> Paso Times. Um, no, Paso Times tomorrow. <laughs> that, uh, Ms. Marcus, um, before we leave, uh, what do you want people to know about you before they make that crucial vote regarding this position of the state education? Or this, I always say it wrong. Texas State Board of Education District 1. Um, I just, I think the mo like the thing that I want people to know about me more than anything is, uh, I don't, you know, I don't want to be like cheesy or, but, you know, I'm really just doing this because I don't, I don't want to do it for, I don't, I'm not doing it for me. You know, I, I want to do it because I have a great honor to be working in this community and know so many uh, groups, organizations, um, no other leaders and advocates like you, George. And I think that, you know, if it wasn't one of my colleagues that I knew that, that I supported, like I can still be, you know, a beacon for making sure the vo their voices are heard. Um, I'm definitely not, you know, in this to advance what I think is best for public education, because I don't, I'm always a firm believer that I, that we are lifelong students. You know, there's a quote, um, you know, when you stop learning, you st you're not living anymore. Mm -hmm. And we don't always know everything. And being the smartest person in the room is not what's important. Being, being the person in the room that will listen to others is, is what I value and what is really important to me. And, and I'm not perfect, but I definitely always come to a space trying to learn and listen to others, listen to really hear what people are saying instead of listening so that I can just give my response. That's something that's really important to me. And and I want to be able to partner with, you know, students, with teachers, with parents and, and community members. And I think that I am really uniquely positioned to be able to do that, being a parent, having past experience in the classroom, 
having experience working with the community right now, um, I can kind of be a bridge, you know, to, to some of these harder conversations that sometimes occur um, that might be heated, you know, and it's really something that I hope I can do is just be a bridge, be a bridge for the community to get more involved, um, be a bridge for teachers to have more of a presence and voice in developing curriculum because they're the ones in the classrooms, be a bridge for students having a strong voice because they're the ones that are learning the content and they need to be in charge of their education also. Um, and, and, you know, at, at underlying all of that, um, you know, something I learned from you, George, and I always keep with me when we were doing, you know, the, our classes and talking about special education is, is something you shared with me is the biggest barrier that I experienced, you know, you shared is, is society's view, society's views of what disability is. It's not, I mean, of course, there's, there's barriers to accessibility, um, but all of that could be changed if society would just have an open mind to have a different view of what disability is. And I think that that um, what we see, what we're seeing right now in society, a lot of this division could be solved by just having representation in our curriculum from a young age. And I see it with my own kids because because the work I do, I talk to my kids all the time about disability, about people with disabilities and what they are they are capable of and how it's just a different way of being a different way of doing something and so my kids have been exposed for a long time and so when they come across kids with disabilities in their classrooms they're very open-minded they're very what they want to be friends and and when we were growing up George you know you experienced it firsthand as somebody who had a, as a student who had a disability who you felt isolated and you felt excluded but I, you know, I remember growing up and I didn't see a lot of the kids with disabilities, you know, I didn't mm -hmm. see them and I wasn't exposed. And I think that's one of the main things that we are doing wrong by our kids is we're not exposing them to the experience, to, to the experiences of other, other communities, whether it's a disability community or, you know, the, the black community, indigenous community, Latino community, we're not exposing them to those leaders, those stories, um, to have something to look at that is reflective of who they are. And, and when we take that away from our kids, then, then we're really robbing them of the opportunity to have this open mind because they're gonna grow up to be the leaders and they're gonna design the buildings, they're gonna design the curriculum, they're gonna design um, the technology. And if they learn from an early age, that it's really important to make things accessible because this might not be something that works for somebody with a disability, then they'll, they'll value it when they end up being the ones that are leading our society. Yep. So I think that's something that's really important to me to bring the allowed voice on. Thank you for that. Cause that means you're right. Because what happens a lot is, is the visuals, the, the cues, right? <clears throat> someone in the wheelchair or someone has a ear, uh, a hearing aid, someone that, like myself, uses a white cane or a seeing eye dog. No matter what it is, I, I had a good friend of mine that just recently passed away, Burns Taylor. He graduated from UT Austin and USC. Okay, this man was very smart. And when I would tell people, have you seen him, seen Burns? Yeah, he graduated from USC and UT Austin. Really? Their boys really? I'm like, mm -hmm. why do you do that? If yeah. you're just a regular person, I'd tell you, oh, okay, cool. Right? And, but, so at the end of the day, is people like Ms. Marquez, myself, Bonnie Perez, um, I'm forgetting people, I went blank on people, <laughs> that they involve their kids in, well, going back to that discussion of, of kids with disabilities. And you know what I've seen, Ms. Marquez? I've seen three examples of this, where the kids are introduced to other kids with different abilities and I've seen them grow up, the, 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 the quote-unquote normal kids, I guess you want to call them, or the able kids. And I see them grow up different. I see them grow up with an understanding, with a, 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 um, a empathy of, you know what, yeah, okay, I get it, okay, cool, let's work with it. Where if you're not exposed all your life and you run into somebody, you're like, oh, you have cooties, 
I'm going to get it. I tell people, it's not contagious. I'm like, you're not going to get blind because you're around me. Okay? And the thing is, I think it's very important for, for us to keep having that discussion, even when you go to the state level, hopefully, Ms. Marquez, that conversation of inclusion for everyone, from minorities to people from other countries, like people from Mexico that come over, very smart people. They're not all bad. They're not all stupid. They're all not grabbing from the society, from our um, welfare system. They're productive people, just like people with disabilities. We're not all on food stamps. We're not all grabbing SSI. We're productive members of society. And more importantly, I'm talking to those people with disabilities. You need to be examples, not inspirations. I hate when people, I and mean, just my personal thing, people, oh, you're an inspiration. Mm-mm. I'm an example. Just like you, Ms. Marquez, of you being Latina. You're an example of what Latina should do and can do. Not because, oh, she's a female, she's Latina. She, she's smart. I've heard that. And it's sad to hear that. And this is only two years ago when I heard that from someone that was running for office, folks. I'm not going to say who it was. I was shocked. I looked at my wife and I'm like, did he just say that out loud? Are you serious? And so the point is, we still have those perceptions, those bigotries nowadays. And I applaud you, Ms. Marquez, for coming forth and being honest. Being honest about why you're running for, for uh, this office. You're not going to gain nothing from this office. You're going to learn, right? For, for sure. I guarantee Always that. Learning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I've learned Mar- a lot already. <laughs> I hope when you win, you come back and and be a regular member. Like uh, I invite everyone else. Pablo ba- Pablo Barrera has taken that option. He's been on the show like four times already. He's from the SISD, and we invite people to come on. You want to come on and talk about your you know whatever it is your campaign or <clears throat> bring a story up. It doesn't have to be important updates. Important updates. Come on yeah. on. You know I'll have you on. I'll give you like I'll give Miss Marquez. And the thing is, um, oh. Ms. Marquez, if somebody wants to make contact with you. Oh, sorry. Hold on. Echo, stop. Sorry about that, folks. <laughs> um, if somebody wants to make contact with you, Ms. Marquez, how can they do that? Uh, so my, I have a Gmail address. And, you know, like I said, my, my campaign is very small. So if you email me, you will get a response from me. <laughs> and, and I will, you know, I definitely want to be as accessible as possible. So my email address is all one word it's um laura so l-a-u-r-a for f-o-r texas t-e-x-a-s <laughs> uh education e-d-u-c-a-t-i-o-n at gmail.com so laura for texas education at gmail.com okay and i'm like she can't spell education me that i know I'm like, I'm like oh my gosh don't let me not no worries you know when I took my many years ago when I took my SATs, I was uh, so nervous. I sat down and I was like, "You said," and then like I look and this is like a social system. I look at the do they still use those bubble things, the bubble filling things? You the know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think they do. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I'm looking down and I'm like the first thing name, folks. I forgot my name. I'm like, what's my name? <laughs> what's my name? <laughs> so I'm like, crap. Um, but anyways, uh, and just Miss Marcus, so funny. Folks, before we started the conversation, she was telling me, Man, I don't think I want to be able to go 30 minutes. We've been on for an hour. I know. We've been talking uh, for a long time. Because that's why it's so uh, in, in, engaging, this conversation. But reach out yeah. to Ms. Marquez. If you could donate, please help her. I mean, it, 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 it takes money, folks. It really takes money, especially nowadays in these kind of campaigns, uh, to to help out if you can. Um, and one more last time, Ms. Marquez, you give that email one more time, please? It's Laura for Texas Education at gmail.com. Okay, well, folks, I'll go ahead. I'll do when you when you go live, George. I'll comment in the video with my links and stuff. That way, okay. whoever whoever watches the video, um, they'll get they'll they'll see the links there. So once okay, you yeah, post sure. the video, I'll do that. So, folks, um, what would you will like? I said we streaming on 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 Facebook. On Facebook. Oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> oh, by the way, Ms. Marcus, do you know what, uh, did you hear that Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube are going to are gonna merge? No, did you hear I that? didn't. Yeah, it could be called I your Twitter. I probably twi- did, but I don't pay attention. <laughs> it could be called your Twitface. Oh, my God. Anyway, that's why I kind of messed it up. Anyway, we're going to be streaming on Facebook, Twitter, 
and YouTube. So you know, and uh, oh, March the ninth, uh, we're going to have uh, County Judge uh, uh, Ricardo Samimigo. I almost said Richard again, Ricardo Samimigo. But if you want to be part of the discussion, uh, you always call one eight hundred. 219-6663, yes, 1-800-219-6663, or email info at novisioninternetradio.com. And by the way, just so tomorrow we will be having our, our, our my co-host, he's all the way from Cincinnati, Ohio, Quentin, where we'll be doing a tech show. But Ms. Marcus, thank you, man, for coming on. You're more welcome to come on anytime you want. Um, and it was kind of hard getting her on board, folks. I think she was inviting me. But uh, anyway... <laughs> But anyways, but I, I pretty lies, George. I know, but you know what, Miss Marcus, I I do appreciate you coming on because I think it's important for you, your voice to be heard regarding uh, your platform and why it's important to vote, especially nowadays when it's so easy now, right? With you know, because back in the day in the twenties and thirties, you know, we had horses or not horses, but cars. That not everybody had transportation, but now you, everybody has access to voting. Take advantage of that, folks. But uh, anyway, Ms. Marcus, thank you, my friend. Hope you do win um, and, be, and come back as a regular host or guest regarding updating the people, regarding the state level, what's happening with the state level. And uh, so remember, folks, when is the general election or the primaries again? Oh, March uh, 1st. Election day is March 1st, but you right. can vote ni- now until the 25th The 25th of February. So come on, gente, yeah. vamos. You have seven more days, folks. Come on. Please. If my lazy butt could do it. You can go vote, folks. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, everyone. See you yeah. next time. Miss Marcus, thank you so much. And Bye. later. Bye-bye.